0: Please turn with me in your Bible to the book of Job, chapter 2. And I'll be reading from verse 1 to 10. We'll be going through the book of Job for a reflection on providence and providence and, and human suffering. I told you I'll not be Calvin; so I'll not stay 159 times uh see this. Uh, Calvin preaches about 159 or so, or 169, I, don't, I can't remember, but almost 150 something times a series from the book of Job. I'm not doing that. Uh, I think after tonight, I'll have like maybe two or three more series to go because I believe from verse 11 of chapter 2 up to uh, verse, chapter, uh, chapter 38, uh, the Job's friends, their uh, yeah, conversations, maybe go to chapter 37 about Job's friends and their conversation, uh, I'll roll them into one, and I may do one sermon, preaching through it, just like by way of reflecting, and then we'll look at the response of God uh, to Job, and then we will conclude. So I do not intend to be in the book of Job uh, at infinitum. Job chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Uh, the subject that I've put up by way of pricking your conscience or your, 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 your soul is curse God and die. We'll be saying a lot of things about Job, about Satan, and about uh, God. I will say more about Job's wife tonight. But again, I'll talk about the devil, and I'll talk about Job's wife, and we'll be done for this uh, evening. Verse 1, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That There is none like him on earth. A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Mm. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. All that that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh. And he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only... Spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrap or to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. For he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women will speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. This is the word of the Lord. Father, with humility, with fear, we've come to your word. Desiring to be fed. We are hungry people. We are thirsty people. We are helpless people. It depends on your word for our sustenance. Feed us now from your word by the Holy Spirit. Use me as your instrument to speak to your people and to all of us here tonight. Do so and take all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And again, my greetings to those who have joined online. The first thing I want to, by way of reflection, share with you tonight about the ongoing story in the book of Job as as we've progressed now to chapter two is, the first lesson I want us to learn tonight about the story that I've read in your hearing is the repetitive nature of Satan's action in the life of God's people. Chapter two begins with the word again. What that means is that something had happened before and is happening a second time. The, the, the children of God had gathered before in heaven and Satan was there. Then they are, they are gathered again and Satan come. The first time they were gathered, Job was the subject of the issue. The second time they are not gathering, Job is still the subject Of the issue particularly between God and Satan. The first time they came together uh, Satan went away with uh, a heavy attack on Job's property and children. This second time he's back again to do more harm to Job by way of afflicting his body his flesh and his bones. Now, what that means is that Satan is a a relentless being. Uh, And when he sets out on an action, he will sit to it. Except the restraining hand of God, he won't stop. If he came before, he will come again. Because what had happened in chapter one is that Satan went and attack Job, who had been there before. All his property, all his money, everything went away. And then his children were all all killed in one day in a house collapse. And the man is still standing, worshiping God. The last part of chapter 1, the Bible says, in all of this, Job did not sin. Or charge God with wrong. So the purpose for this attack is not to destroy Job's property. The devil is not interested in his property. The devil is not a poor, Satan is not a poor man. The main purpose, the object of this attack is to put Job on trial and to check his integrity, whether he will hold on to God through thick, thick and thin. So, as it were, by the end of chapter 1, the entire assessment or the entire assignment or the entire project of Satan on Job had failed. And, I mean, if I were Satan, if I have done so much in the life of this man, and this man is still standing, it suffices that I should, say, okay, ah, let me leave him. But he will not. He's back again, taking permission from God to do much, much harm to Job. Satan so is relentless. His attacks are repetitive. He do it again and again and again. and the purpose is to see that we will curse God. And that's what he's saying. look at verse four. Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. That is the whole point. All these devastations, all these clouds, all this wind, all these storm, all this funeral that Job had to endure is that he will curse God. To God's face. And my friends, sometimes God allows his children to go through this kind of trial so that the authenticity of their faith might be made known to them and to the world that looks not to God. As far as God is concerned, God was not holding his breath and so Oh, will he fail? Will he not fail? Will he fail? Will he not fail? Will he fail? Because God knows the outcome of the game. But for that job will come out more purer than good God allows him to go through stuff and this is consistent with the confessions um, confessions uh, 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 testimony that said God will sometimes allow his children to fall into diverse or manifold temptation for how many reasons I mentioned last week for about three reasons one is to punish them for their former sins uh, it's like like the déjà vu, and uh, and an unconfessed sin bring more sin upon a person. And number two, that God will prove to them their own weaknesses, so that they can have uh, more dependence on God. So God does so, and there's nothing that injure the integrity of God in this matter. He is God, and He acts in the best interest of his children and for his glory. The first lesson is Satan will always come back. Will always come back. In the case of Jesus, the Bible said when he was done with Jesus, he left for how many times? How many times? for a season. And he saw him by the cross. Back again. The second point I want us to learn is the specific nature of this attack. Satan is relentless just to achieve one thing. He wants Job to curse God. He wants Job, Satan wants to prove to God that the reason why Job is trusting him, is following him, is because of what he has blessed him with. Now that he had taken away the blessing, he wants to take away the health. And he said, skin for skin, verse 4, skin for skin. All that a man has, he will give for his life. But if you touch a man to his bone, to his skin and his body begin to waste away, that person will curse God. He may may not be able to stand it. So the the, the goal of this trial here is that Job will curse God. Specific. And he wants to destroy his skin and his bone and then Job will cause God. He wants Job to lose his, his integrity in relationship to God. And that integrity is being tested by what's about to come. So the Lord permitted Job, uh, Satan to go and touch Job. Of course, the Lord has mentioned to Satan that Job is blameless, Job is upright, Job fears God. Job turns away from evil. I've mentioned to us before, that is the the definition of what it means to be a righteous person. The man that turns away from evil. And God permitted Job to go and touch his body. And the Bible said, Satan, uh, uh, and the Lord spoke to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, Verse six. Only spare his life. I mean, when we go to this kind of place, Um, your question will start uh, coming up. Does Satan have power to kill? Who kills? Who takes life? Satan or God or both? But why is God telling Satan to spare Job's life if Job's life is not was not in his hand or if he doesn't have the capacity to take away Job's life? Any answer? Of course, no answer for now. Uh, But but, but this is is the kind of language that people come to and connect with John 10. They said, sir, come to kill, to, what did you say? The the thief, the thief cometh not to steal, but to kill and to destroy, you see. And then you make it look like Satan does have equal authority and power in relationship to life. Ah. I, 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 but, but if you look at the entire language of the Bible, if God is the creator of life, the giver of life, he is the only one that can take life. But what he's saying is that, spare his life is that, go and go this far. That death is not included. Of course, God, Satan can be an instrument that that's in, in the ending of your life, okay? The way... You can die by car accident. It's not the it's not car that took your life. It's just that the agency by which you travel was a car accident. Are you following what I'm saying? You said, Job, in this uh, attack, his life is not included. And if God wants Job's life to be included in this whole scenario, he will have said, okay, destroy him, break his bone, destroy his lungs, put cancer in his liver, destroy his heart, let it be heart failure, and then let him die, and then we shall see. But God said, his bones, his flesh, but his life, his vital organs, were not affected. The reason why Job remained alive when there was sores all over his body, body was that his vital organs, like the heart, the liver, the pancreas, and all <laughs> the kidneys, were not affected. They we were not eaten up by those uh, diseases. God restrained the hand of Satan not to go far. But the specific nature of the request is that Job should deny God and lose his integrity with God. Satan is relentless. Satan is specific when he attacks us. And my brothers and my sisters, I can tell you, when Satan attacks us, maybe attacks us through our job, our mind, our... Uh, our through our mind. It is not that he, he needs all those things. It is, he wants to see us curse God. He wants to see us depart from God. He wants to see us lose our ground, our integrity with God. As long as we are not Christians, Satan is happy. As long as we say, well, I'm not a Christian, I'm not doing church anymore, Satan is happy. And as long as we are in church or we are with God and we are going through a lot joblessness, health conditions, and we still hold on to God, Satan will be very angry. But the specific nature of Satan's works in and around believers' lives is to see them deny God. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Nothing more, nothing less. He took the children, took the houses, took everything, took his health. It is that Job will collapse in his integrity and then say, no more. The third thing I want us to also learn is that how Satan used human instruments to attack us. Uh, Look at what Job's wife is suggesting to Job. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord, verse 7, and attacked Job. And Job was sitting down in the ashes. In fact, we were told that when his three friends came to see him, they could not recognize him too bad. The man like Dan Butte is not sitting down in the dust, in the dust crying and begging God. And then come the wife. I don't want to tell you what Calvin say about women here. If I mention, if I repeat what Calvin say about women in his commentary on this passage you won't like Carvin. If I you won't even like me. It's like we are back to the Garden of Eden now. <laughs> but there's a Latin word he used. I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself not to say it. You know, I was preaching in GB's wedding on Friday, and I ran my mouth and I, I talked about submission. And I was looking at it, I said, GB, women naturally will not submit. And I gave some qualification to that. The moment we were going down from upstairs, I was accosted by a group of women, seriously. And they said I was, I was being, uh, how do you call that? Yes, I was not, I was not, I was not being sensitive to the women folk. That what do I mean that women does not submit uh, easily? And I said, I, I said it in my sermon. He like once you heard that one, everything I was saying after that was not longer entering their ears, eh? But I, and I said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Genesis. Genesis 3. Uh, the, the, the desire of your, the, your, des- your desire shall be your husband and she shall rule over you, isn't it? So what the woman wants is to dominate is, 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 that she will not stay in her place. Want to be, want to rule over man and, and there will be tensions and, uh, and the fact, and I, and I, and I spend another three, four minutes with them, and they say, "Oh, pastor, we thank you so much for this clarification." Now you're, I know what you mean. I know that. So I don't want to say things that these, this, this girls so will start to say, "Pastor, let's have a." <laughs> but it's like we are back to the Garden of Eden now, when the woman is making a suggestion that the only way out of this pain now is that curse God, curse God, and die verse 9, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women, and so on and so forth. Satan uses people around us in his business because look at the language the woman used, curse God and die. And look at the language Satan used in heaven. The woman was not in heaven when Satan was making his request, the request Satan made with God was that Job will curse you to your face. And when the woman is speaking to her husband, he used the same language of cursing God. You can see, you can see the, the agreement between Satan and, uh, and uh, no, and Job's wife. I'm not saying with I'm not saying with women. I'm saying with Job's wife particularly. They, they they easily blend. It seems that Satan and Job's wife understood themselves very quickly. Is that they are running the same project around this man. And it is, it, 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 it makes the pain difficult when Satan is attacking you from without and your wife is also attacking you from within. At this point now, the challenge now is not the devil, is the integrity. Job is too theological. Job is still holding to his, what's the point of being a Christian now? Why are you still holding on to God? What is left? Children gone. Money, everything is gone. Health is gone. So why? why, why? Satan does use. And and it is at this point, I don't have time today, you can look at Job as the picture of Christ. Uh, The suggestion of the woman in the Garden of Eden that if you eat, you shall be wise. Uh, was was heeded by our father adam and then he, he he took a bite and then we are where we are today and the woman came again and said curse God how did she know that if you curse God you will die had anyone cursed God and die i mean if you have seen anyone in your lifetime that say, God, see your head. And then God drop, and then he drop and die. How, why, how did she know that if if, if Job could cause God, then Job would die, and then Job will rest. <laughs> I mean, Job will rest. No, Job will not rest. <sighs> Look at the whole thing, the conundrum. But we thank God that Job did not heed. But I want to talk about what is the nature, what is this, is the woman saying curse God as in God, where are you, I curse you, that's not what he's talking about, that's not what he's talking about, Because many people have caused God with their mouth, it doesn't mean they will die, do, let me just stand and unpack this, what does it look like to curse God? Is it that you open your mouth and say, God, I don't, I mean, you know curse words, you know curse abuse words, you know, it's not, it's not just by opening your mouth and I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I, I can think through this scripture, through our own lens of today, that when your spouses are going through great persecutions like sickness, what will you do? Because according to one writer, I say what a man is in the time of prizes is what he is actually. What will you do? What will you do? See, because sometimes you will leave God and things that you are looking for actually, it's like after you curse God, you prosper. My dad was telling me a story recently of his cousin, one of his cousins. This young man is a Christian. I don't think he's a Christian. But he's a town, is an evangelist who preaches from one village to another every night. He will preach in his own village, move to another village. You know how dark the village could be? He's walking. The last, the, the, the last time I heard him preach, that was when I, I'm sure he was not a Christian. He was saying, I have preached now. If any witches in this town have power, meet me on my way back to my village. we we'll go meet there. And then he was using abuse word to abuse witchcraft, like all those things, like telling them shaggy that they will meet on the road and all that stuff. I said, I, this, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Holy Spirit is talking here." You know, but but he people, he was a Christian, the only Christian in his family. Last month also, his tummy began to swell, and swell so big, and they took him to the hospital, and they charged them five hundred thousand. They say but, but, the doctor told them that they the they test time have maybe kind of I don't know what. It is. I don't know what it is. And and as they were thinking about the money, one pastor came there who was who was got sick. Told them, told my dad that they should take this man to a native doctor's house. That the Lord has told him that he will use the native doctor to heal him. The story is that, well, they, are, they didn't take him to a native doctor's to the street. They took him to a prayer house. So what they were about to do, they'll give him a semblance of Christianity. So they took him to a prayer house, and, and the prayer house, also, also that guy is not a Christian. They took him there. They now went to the native to house and collected medicine and went to the prayer house. You know how you know how clever they, you know, two ways. So they are not like in pagan house, but they are in the prayer house. They're in the church. And the, the man told them, the man, to, the pagan to them, and said, This medication I'm giving you guys will cure this man under an hour. He said, Time it. He said, If one hour, if my medicine will not work after one hour, then I am not who I am. Of course, my dad said, They brought the medicine, and my dad was watching. They administered it. And Like under an hour, the guy said, I want to go to the toilet. He has not been to the toilet for for seven days. Toilet, I begin to, and everything was straightened up. He's fine now. It's just that the man of God now has detained him before the Lord. God the Lord (laughs) wants he has not been detained before the Lord. The Lord says not going back to his house again and all that stuff. What will you do? I'm sure maybe the, maybe Job was there, maybe they must have. I don't know, maybe they've told Job there is there's a, a big man, there's Baba somewhere in in Oz in that they can go. This, this God, God gods. I mean there are other solutions that we can go to. Uh, it, it looked like the language of 1 Samuel chapter 28. Remember 1 Samuel chapter 28? Saul was, was at the crossroads. He will pray to God, God would not hear him. Uh, Samuel has died. Everything, the Philistines have come against him. Uh, and then he prayed, he fasted, he, he, he will go to bed to sleep, no dream. He said, Boy, things are getting bad. He said, Find me a witch. And in chapter 28 of 1 Samuel, we found Saul consulting the witch of Ender. Cursing God is not so much about opening your mouth and saying I'm no longer a Christian. It's, it's the disposition of your heart. Let me, let me give you a sample of those who have cursed God and see and they are still alive, prosper. One is Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is, is, is Richard Dawkins is an Englishman, a professor, I think Oxford, or Cambridge, Oxford. Oxford professor uh, is an atheist. He wrote a book that sold uh, Are you with me? He wrote a book that sold over a million called the God delusion. Look at what he said about God. Richard Dawkins said, the God of the Old Testament is a petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, philist, I, I I I I can't even capricious and no 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 no. He's still alive, he's still alive. He's still alive. In fact, he's doing well. He's doing very well. If you go to Oxford, you may run into him riding his bicycle, he's doing very well. He's an atheist. But this idea of cursing God, how does it look like for us as Christians when we fall into situations that overwhelms us. Is cursing God the, the issue? Is walking away from God the issue? Why do you think that if I walk away from God my problem will be solved? I, I've seen young ladies in their 40s, no husband and then an allergist, no, no Christians, no, nobody's coming. Then allergies are coming to take them as third wife or whatever wife. And And Almost all the time, sisters at that point, when they made up their mind to go with a large, there's nothing you say that they will listen. So I don't want to die shirtless. I beg, I don't want to die shadeless. If God will put me to hell, make you put me to hell. I said, they know what it means to be in hell. Cousin God is this idea. Uh, Cousing God, I die is that. You are you are saying either quietly or or publicly or by your action that the God I have served to this point, assuming you'll be serving Him to this point, no longer matters, and that means is that I'm going out to solve my own problem by myself, whatever it will take, and this run through various strata of our human endeavor. Either it's in our morality, in our sexuality, in our business, in our health, in everything, in everything. As Christians, our integrity always, always should be tested. It's like the first time we are to get a big contract, all they ask you is to just 10% just small, to add small thing for God. Say you are a Christian. And I mentioned to you before, I, I, I saw a lady that worked with a, a multinational organization. And so I saw, her, I saw her one day frustrated. I didn't know her from anywhere. I picked her up. I dropped her at Apple Bridge. But before that, we had some gospel conversation from this junction here. And she said, she's gone for a prayer meeting at Professor like Males church, somewhere in the area one. She said, why? He said, the Lord has forsaken me. What happened? the boss told her that there's a contract coming to their office and they need her to make sure that contract comes to their company and they say you must do a small favor. The small favor, you know what it means now, that the MD, the person who is is awarding that contract, might ask for something because there are children here, you understand what, may ask for something and he say do us a small favor and give that man something, and we will give you twenty million. Something. I really say no, I won't do that. But I'll try my best for us to win the contract without giving the man something. And true to it, she went there and the man demanded for something. There's nothing go for for nothing? And she refused. She begged. She cried. And the boss told her, if we lose this contract, consider your employment over. I'm talking about a very big multinational, lucrative, mouth-watering job. And then, of course, they lost the contract. And she was fired. She was fired. And she was fired. All the investment she has made, hoping that even if I'm fired, I'll fall back on collapse after one another you know that kind of a thing the house you bought FCD will come FCD will now puts demolition Things start going like that was happening that's the point where you say God, you say this, this is my God business is the same God that put me in this situation and if you, if you if you as a man you're telling your wife that I lost this job because the contract that comes to our office, and it used to add five percent. What will your wife say? Is it for real, for real. The idea of integrity, following God, is not it's not even in the big thing. It is in all of the things of our lives: the big, the small, the negligible. That in the day of testing, we can. Be bold to say, the Lord is my helper. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. That even if my soul, my body is wasting away, I won't compromise. Easier said than done, okay? I'm not even telling you this thing. I'm, telling, I'm trying to talk to myself. Because every man does have his prizes. A bribe of 1 million, I can say, nah, I'm a Christian. But with 1 billion, I will look for scripture to support the it, And I'm going to use half of the money to even build church. Hmm? And even pay many people's crew fees. And God will be glorified, isn't it? That's just a small thing. And as we are doing this thing, both Satan and God are watching to see how you act in an action because what the man does under pressure is what the man really is. Everyone can be a Christian on a good day. When things are working, your wife is delivering children like, like, like every time. One hand. No challenge. Your job is paying. Your health is good. Your business is good. Everything is good. The Lord is good all the time. What it means to some people is that everything is fine. But if things are getting bad and purpose, the Lord is good. Okay. See, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. The Lord is no good for me now. No. The idea of cursing God and die is it? That if you curse God, as Job's wife was suggesting would be that if, if Job cursed God and then God will be angry. Job, you curse me? Job, you curse me? And then knock Job in the head and Job will die. And then Job will rest. But that's not what happened. It's like in the Garden of Eden. The day you eat of this fruit, you shall die. They ate the fruit. They were still standing. They were still matching the ground. They didn't die. But something died. Their relationship with God died. And God is their very life. Separation from God is death. Spiritual death is the real death. And every child of God must dread spiritual death. So Kierkegaard, one of the, of course, I don't believe in most of his uh, philosophy, but he says something about God. He said, God is that thing that gives life. Rudolf Bultmann talks about God. You see, who else give us life? Who else will break us and mend us? Who else will tear us and sew us back? Who else? Who else is it but God? God is the reason for existence. God is our very life. That we can say with confidence that a life without God is no life at all. The life, life lived outside God. Life lived for a moment. Even for some days. You cannot take leave from God. And still be alive. And I think it's uh, Matthew Lloyd-Jones talking about you cannot take moral holiday and remain moral. God is our life. If you curse God, you die. All those who have not come to Christ, the Bible refers to them as what? Dead people, Efficient 2. If you are not in Christ, you are dead. The book of Revelation speaks of a particular congregation that you have a reputation that you are alive, but actually you are dead. Any life that has no functional relationship with God it's no life at all. And we cannot deceive ourselves to say we can make this corner here and make that corner there and everything will go well. Two-four. Seven days a week. God is our God. I will not let go. Even if Satan should buffet us, even when trial should come, we will stand. will stand. That is the motivation. Job stood his ground. Job stood on his integrity. And he answered the wife, you speak like one of the foolish women. If we have received good from God, shall we not receive evil from him? That's how to understand providence. You don't know why God allowed devil to attack. You don't know why your health is going down. You don't know. You don't know. All you know is that God doeth all things well. One thing you know is that God is not wicked. One thing we know is that God is good and he's good all the time. Through the bad time, through the good time, God is good. Job is not saying that God is actively sending evil upon his life. Job is saying everything is under God's purview and if he allows it, it will be for my good and for his glory. Ultimately, Ultimately, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God. to Them who are called according to his purpose. My friend, tonight, understand that God is actively working for your good on your behalf if you are a Christian. And regardless of what life will throw at you, don't back down. Do not say, uh, Pastor, you are saying this because, I mean, I have met many cancer patients. I mean, may, may the Lord not allow it to happen. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I'm not saying this with judgment, judgmental attitude. I have seen cancer patients in oncology world dying. And people will bring, if you look underneath the bed, people will bring all kinds of things from Baba, from prophets. From Do you think those who go to be to, to, to the rivers, to the babish, to be to be given a bath by the white garment. For I do you think they are they are stupid? Do you think those who, who wish who who will allow the prophet to sleep with them, so that their womb could be opened to start having children? Do you think they are stupid? Do you think those who are now servants of idols, uh, for the sake of this and that, do you think they are stupid? It's just that people came to God, came to church. Not on the basis of of salvation. They've come to God maybe on the basis of what God can do for them. And now, okay, God is not meeting my need. I have other options. And this was the problem with all the kings of Israel. If they test God and God does not act the way they want to act, they'll go after Baal. They'll go after asteroids, They'll go after this God of the Sidon. They'll go after any other things. They'll have God in one hand. They'll have others in another hand. If this one is not working today, this one will work. Tomorrow again, this one will wake up and work again. Our God is not like that. Don't allow Satan to lie to you. He wants to deny God. Don't. Don't. When the door is shut behind you, and Satan is saying, do it. Do it. It's just once. How many times will Job will have caused God and will be enough? How many times? Once. 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 Don't fool yourself that you can handle Satan. If he's on your case, he will be back again and again and again and again and again. He will sit to it. And it is so this that you must rest on the grace of God and say, God, without you, I will break down. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Will you hold on to your integrity? Will you hold on to your integrity? I pray the answer should be yes in the day of testing. I pray so. I pray so. I pray so. And if you have denied God, there is mercy for you. There is hope for you. Run to Christ while you are still alive, and He will save you. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we speak this, we are we speak it with fear, knowing that life will hand us terrible times and moments, uh, moved by certain wives and jealousy. Sometimes, even as believers, we don't know how our action will be in the days of testing. But we ask for grace. We ask for more grace. We ask for much grace. We give grace to the humble. We humble ourselves tonight. We do away with our pride. And ask that you help us to stand. And to hold on to our integrity. If you have lost our integrity before. Help us to recover. To come running back to Christ. For our salvation. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.